Blueberry conducts physician-led support groups, helping people live healthier, happier lives, free from metabolic disease. And on our podcast, Blueberry with Dr. Lori Martis, we bring to you nutrition and lifestyle, medicine experts, and extraordinary guests to empower and inspire you with the knowledge and stories of plant-based lifestyle so that you can be your healthiest self. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm very excited to welcome a parenting expert, Julie Hatch. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. I'm appreciating this warmer weather for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you have a, a, a book called A Parenting Revolution for Higher Evolution. I love the word revolution. The previous name of our podcast was Healthy Human Revolution. So I feel... Ah. We have place in this world to do a lot of uh, rebuilding and rethinking and doing things better. And so I'm really excited to get to your work. But first, if you could just tell us a little bit about your history and kind of what led you into understanding there's maybe a, a better way of doing parenting. Yeah. Um, I have been a pediatric nurse practitioner and neonatal nurse practitioner for over 30 years. So I've worked with kids. Um, I've worked most of that in intensive care, but also a little bit in primary care. But probably 15 years ago, maybe, I um, took a break from working in the Western medicine and I went on a medical mission trip to Brazil. Um, They were looking for pediatric people to come and help kids who were being treated for cancer. And I love to travel and I love to volunteer. So this was a great opportunity. But when I got there to Brazil, um, I wasn't able to do anything. I had no license to practice nursing medicine or anything else. And I didn't speak Portuguese. So even though we had interpreters, it was a little bit, it was a little bit limiting compared to what I had visions of doing. So instead um, I was, I was working with another US nurse who was also a massage therapist. And she and I would spend time with the mothers while the kids were getting their treatments. Um, And we would not really being able to talk but still, it doesn't matter. She she massaged these mothers, you know, shoulders and was just really calming to them. And those I saw the mothers just have a really nice hour long while their kids were getting treated for cancer. So that message to me was that there is, well, for one thing, the power of touch, which you can't do in intensive care so well, but the but that there are other holistic ways of reaching people and helping them to feel healthy and feel good. It was just a something that I that just hit me. So I came home and then I um, went to uh, massage school and I learned Reiki and I learned craniosacral therapy. And I learned all these holistic modalities, all of which I loved. But then I landed on acupuncture, which I really loved because um, there's enough medicine in it. It's traditional Chinese medicine that I that it really caught my attention. So eventually, um, I completely left Western medicine and opened up an acupuncture practice. And um, I missed not working with kids. I spent, I worked a lot with adults wanting to work with kids in acupuncture, but that wasn't such a popular thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I did start talking with parents about their kids and from the Chinese medicine, that was the basis of everything that I talk about is the, um, it's traditional Chinese medicine, which is an ancient, ancient practice, thousands of years old, but with a whole lot of depth and wisdom to it. So the basis of what I talk to parents about or how I talk to them about their kids comes from traditional Chinese medicine. And I decided to write this book, which incorporates a lot of this because I see, I have seen around me and I read about all of the 
or the rising rates of anxiety and depression in kids these days before COVID, and COVID has certainly made it worse. And it just seems like we're not doing something right. You know, we're, we're all, as parents, trying to do the best that we can, but something isn't working. So that's a little bit about what this um, book is about and uh, with the background of the Eastern medicine. Okay, so that kind of lays the foundation. You're kind of taking your traditional training and Eastern medicine and you're merging and really looking at the problems and what we can do to to solve this. So now you're yeah. going to be talking to an audience that obviously is typically Western parents. So, so maybe we should lay out the, maybe the problems that you see with our traditional parenting styles and what we're doing. And then maybe we can see, you know, as your book kind of walks through the process of some, some different solutions and approaches, maybe mm -hmm. that will be helpful. Um, if you can just sure. kind of lay out where are you seeing the struggles with parents and kids these days? Yeah, and I and it almost depends. I don't think it matters so much the demographics, but um, I maybe a little bit. But I see again a lot of anxiety in kids, and it's, it starts young, but it gets really much more so as they get to be um, adolescents and then get ready to go to college. And I think that the anxiety comes from a lot of pressure that that kids uh, feel. And again, it depends on demographics. If they're a college going child, then they get the pressures about applying to college and getting a really good GPA and doing well on your SATs and performance, performance, performance. And um, I think that that's causing a lot of anxiety in kids. And there was an interview by somebody out in Denver, and this was either early COVID or just before COVID. Um, and the, and the teenage, it was a group of teenagers, and they said, Parents, you are making you are you are putting so much pressure on us, and it's causing us a whole lot of anxiety. They spelled it out. It was just this group of of kids in um, Denver. They were called. He, I think, he was saying that Denver was having or Colorado was having a mental health crisis in their teenagers, and that was one of the bottom lines. Is that the teenagers said, "You're putting too much pressure on us." You know, it's perform, perform, perform. So I think that that's um, part of it. On the other hand, I think that, or maybe on. Uh, Another hand, I think that parents are overprotecting their kids and um, paving, clearing the way for them, paving an easy road for them, not letting them make mistakes, not letting them face failure or rejection, and that doesn't prepare kids at all for college or real life. Um, when they're young with us, when they have us to fall down and we'll catch them, it's a time for them to experiment and try and for us to let them experiment and try and, and see what life is all about. Um, so letting go a little bit, letting go a lot <laughs> and letting them experiment for themselves. So I think that those are the, the pressure we put on kids and the overprotection and micromanagement that some, not all parents by any means are doing. Well, I, yeah, I think a, a large majority and I, I am in Colorado, so I can attest ah. to seeing, yeah, I live outside of Boulder, but I've lived on the Western side of Colorado. I've lived on this side of Colorado, North of uh -huh. Denver at this point. And um, yeah, there was a, so a series of um, suicides um, and it's really disturbing to see young people take their life. But, oh. you, you know, I would see um, for me, when you think about as a parent, um, especially, you know, I grew up a I was born in 
70 I grew up as a latchkey kid my both my parents worked so you like you learned real quick you either gonna fix it for yourself or you ain't getting nothing happen <laughs> so, right and then this kind of newer younger population you know kind of kids so I was we were young parents compared to the my my kids cohorts but you can definitely see a parenting style shift for sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you start getting into these kids that are teenagers now um, my kids are in their 20s but the the interesting thing is like, I really appreciate what you're saying is that it's micromanage. It's almost like they have to control this environment. So their children will turn out the way they want them to their expectations. Cause if you can control it, even though, you know, we can't control everything in the world that that will make somehow this all better, but then you're right. Your kids aren't developing the experiences to be productive and, and uh, independent adults. Right. And yes, we want certain things from our kids and for our kids actually, um, but it just, it doesn't, when you try to take control, it just doesn't work. Guidance, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to safety, I say, yes, you grab control and keep them, keep mm -hmm. them from safety, you know, keep them safe as much as you can. But aside from that, you really can't, you shouldn't, I don't think, control them. It's really natural for parents to say, oh, well, whether it's from our lack, um, gee, I wish that I'd been become a doctor and so then you want to push your child to become a doctor so it's either from lack or it's just from your own our own <laughs> egos projecting wanting what we think is best for our kids but it's not always best <laughs> at all mm -hmm. and for instance the um the, the mm, i say famous people hollywood people um who paid for their kids to get into college high oh, you know yeah. really nice really really good colleges and they paid for admission. And I think that that I, I don't know for a fact, but I can only imagine that it embarrasses the kid and makes them makes them feel like they couldn't do it on themselves. They had to have mommy and daddy. And I can't believe that feels good that you no. have to have mommy and daddy get you into college. And so that complete, I think, completely backfired, maybe well-intentioned parents, but mm. that's just an example of how we see it happen. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that type of situation, but, um, but it, you know, there was an interesting, I try to stay off social media as possible, but obviously I, I work in telehealth and virtual healthcare. So I'm, mm. I'm on there a lot, but uh, the, there was a Facebook, one of those reels they can get sucked down into, but um, there was this kid that was playing on a lacrosse team and this bigger kid on the opposite team was kind of like being a little bit rough. I'm like, it's lacrosse. This is to be expected. Suddenly this mother came bursting out of the, the sidelines and was like pushing up against the kid that was, be, you know, kind of pushing against her kid. It wasn't like he was throwing punches or anything. I'm like, the, the horror of that poor child from now on. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was like, oh my goodness, mama. And you're reading the comments and it's just that, that whole thing, right? Like, I was like, you're, this is a grown boy. He was holding his own. Let him do his thing. You know, the rest yeah. are there. It'll be okay. And really, um, it's, yeah. I would say it's also, it's not her place. It's the coach's place. I mean, even it really mm -hmm. is not, I mean, unless he was being pummeled, like you say, but anyways, yeah, that's way yeah. overstepping your bounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like that's an extreme example, but it really, um, but we can do that in so many cases. Um, but yeah, yeah, so, well, let's get to the solutions. So we know there's an issue. Our kids are more anxious or, you know, they're walking out of their household with, you know, certain things they, they can do things and they're not, they're ill-equipped to deal with the stresses of life because we haven't allowed them to be as stressed as far as right. the, you know, dealing with their own situations. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting balance. So how do we start to rethink how we're approaching parenting and what are some of the 
the things that you've seen work really, really well? Um, there's a whole bunch and I don't even want to start. It's not in list of priority, but to start with, well, actually, I don't even know where to start. Modeling is one thing. Everything mm. starts the younger that you start with kids, the better off you are. Teenagers, it's not too late by any means. Um, but the but the sooner earlier you start, the better. And the ages from zero to eight are extremely influential, informative in kids' lives. And we don't real. I think most of us don't realize that because they're just little kids. <laughs> but that really has what happens in those first eight years has a lot to do with what happens or how they live the rest of their lives. So zero to eight is really important. The younger, the better. And modeling is starting in the young years is super important because kids pick up everything, certainly everything they see in here, but even more so the unspoken and what they can't see, but what they can feel. If there's an energy in the household or an energy from you, they can feel that and pick up on it. If you're stressed, they're going to pick up on that stress and anxiety. Um, so modeling you can't necessarily hide your feelings certainly you want to be honest with your kids but if you can model the kind of behavior that you want to see them have um honesty respect for other people um not not being violent not hitting your child because that's just going to teach them that violence is okay um, a big example is your phone as kids get older and they have their phones the way you model how you are on your phone and how much you're on your phone and whether you're on phone during dinner time and take, answering emails, that just teaches them that that's what that's what's okay. Because kids, we are the reference point for kids. They don't know otherwise. They learn from the influences around them. Again, when they're little, when they get older, then it gets to be friends and teachers and other people that have the influence. But early on, we have a whole lot of influence. And if we kind of bring positive influence and model positive behavior, that's a big um, head start for them. Um, I also say, as you, as a doctor, you could relate to this, do no harm. And what I mean by that is um, don't humiliate or embarrass or criticize your child. Again, I think that we do it much more than we think we are. We label them. And, and even if we don't think we're doing them harm, it can be really, really humiliating for a child to be obviously criticized or belittled or and it does, it can do a lot, a lot of damage to a child. Um, but in terms of from what I really get into in my book is from the Chinese medicine perspective is identifying what um, your child's element type is. And the element type, I think, is their true nature. It is who they are on the inside. It is who they are at the core. It's what drives them and enlivens them. It affects or it has a lot to do with how their personality comes out. And it's how they interact with the world around them. And so it's not quite, it's along the same lines as an archetype and people that understand what archetype means. Um, true nature or element type tells you what your child is all about. Where are they coming from? Why are they behaving the way they are? Why are they making the choices the way they are? Um, it tells you what motivates them and what makes them feel great in life. And it tells you what stresses them and is a challenge for them. For instance, some kids are um, naturally outgoing and friendly and bubbly, and people love to talk with them. That's a fire type. And a lot of, and some kids are not. They're much more withdrawn, and which is fine. They're water types, and they're they're don't need a whole lot of people and don't want a whole lot of people interaction. So there are five element types, and so with each element type, there are different their personality types, I guess. And it's just, a, it's a really 
um, easy, I think, good way to see what your child's roadmap is, to see what it is, what, what their path is and what um, serves them best. And we want to honor that and provide them with what serves them best. It's almost like taking a personality type and learning, because when you join an organization, when I was in the military hospitals, they would have you take these and then you as a supervisor would know how to react with your goal type or your silver uh -huh. type personality. Is that kind ah, of like what you're describing? That sounds very similar. And mm -hmm. it's also helpful to have to know how different personalities within the family, for, for instance, if the mom finds out or the dad discovers what their element type is, how does that work with um, the child? Sometimes they clash, mm -hmm. but if you're aware of it, uh, mindfulness and being aware is half the battle. So if you're at least aware of it, then even if you can't necessarily do something about it in the heated moment, at least if you're aware that, oh, well, you know what, this is why he's doing this and this is why I don't like it because <laughs> it doesn't work with my element type. Um, so that's really helpful. And that's what the, the book talks a fair amount about the element types, how to find your child's element type siblings. So obviously if you have more than one child, one style um, parenting doesn't fit all the kids. Um, so you find out what the different element types are amongst the kids and how they interact with each other and or not. Um, Back to what we were talking about a little bit, I think that, and I think that there's a, a movement coming, pushing for this, is that we need to allow more free play with for kids outside, but even more importantly, with no um, parental, I won't say no parental supervision, but no parental interference. Parents don't set the rules, don't tell them what to do or how to do it. Really, if you can just let a group of kids play by themselves and figure it out for themselves, it gives them a whole lot of, independence, feelings of independence, but um, a lot of social behaviors that they learn. They learn about how to cooperate or not, and what happens if you don't cooperate. Um, they learn about making rules and enforcing rules. Um, they learn about diverse opinions and viewpoints from kids, and it's all kids learning it among themselves. And if a parent's you know, stands there and says, no, this is the rule, do it this way. That doesn't teach them anything. <laughs> so they can figure it out by playing with themselves. And as we all know, play is how kids learn anyways. So free play, no, no, you know, going and joining the soccer team and playing soccer is great. It's good to be outside getting exercise, but it's not the same thing as just unstructured, that's what the word, unstructured free play, mm -hmm. where kids just pull it together themselves and figure it out themselves and usually do a great job at it. So those are a few of the things that I would okay. suggest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I that makes complete sense. Just understanding your child because they're born this way. I'll tell you, I, I, all three of mine have different sleep patterns and they mm. have carried through. One's mm -hmm. almost, she's pushing 30. And I'm like, I don't know what this is about, but genetically there's some definite in their dispositions. I feel like the, for me, what really, when you, when they become adults, I find it much harder to parent adults because you literally just have to wait for them to ask for input at this point. You can't give unsolicited input or they're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so they're great kids. Don't get me wrong. Very successful. But I'm just like, <laughs> you want to say what you want to say as a parent. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning that. Mine are all in their mid mid to late 20s. And I'm yep. I'm learning that you got to yep. no longer. Well, you're always a mother, but you're no longer quite in the same role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not the most important thing anymore. Nope. <laughs> We've been replaced. That's okay. Yes. You have yeah. a girl and two boys. So I, I can appreciate it. Boys are much easier. I've decided. You, I only have so, boys. So, so I, so I don't know what yeah. to compare them to, but I agree. I, 
I, I do love my boys. I love my daughter too, but you know, it's, it's, I it wasn't even so much my daughter. It was the friends of my daughter that would bring home. I'm like, I'm not sure how I could handle <laughs> these, uh, these very emotional young teenagers that are, I'm just like, I'm very pragmatic. Let's just get this done. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's amazing. So now let's say that, okay, so we, we have our babies and we're, we're being trying to be insightful to their personality and our personality interactions. Are there different parenting techniques as you know kids are going through different stages and ages that you've seen work better or worse at certain times? You know, sometimes you know parents are holding the rein a little too tight by the time they're 13. It's like it's okay, mom and dad, they can let it go. Like, what are what are some of the things parents should be aware of at these different points in a child's growth? Um yeah, certainly there are times when you want to let go. I think I think that. I'm a big believer in mindfulness, as in paying attention in the moment without judgment, um, and it is what it is. Not to say, oh, all right, you can walk all over me, it just is what it is, but just to be aware of the situation, be able to breathe, <laughs> and whatever's going on in front of you, take a breath, and the idea is to try to respond rather than react, which is mm -hmm. very, very typical to react. Um, I also often equate teenagers or adolescents with um, the twos and threes, toddlerhood, when they're trying to gain their independence and they're saying, no, 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 I don't need you. I'm running away, you know, I'm gonna toddle away. And then they say, oh, no, wait, I do need you. <laughs> and <laughs> adolescents are doing it on a bigger, obviously a bigger, um, a bigger, and they're trying to find their independence and they really are trying to separate themselves from you, which is a good thing. It's not easy, but it's a good thing. Um, somebody asked me what happens if they start to get in trouble with, um the law mm -hmm. and i said with my boys by high school or late high school i was glad that the law was there to take over because i was losing my influence on them i couldn't sit on them and make them have a time out anymore i really i i depended on them knowing that there was a policeman out there gonna catch them um mm -hmm. if i wasn't there so sometimes we have to turn over the power <laughs> to mm -hmm. um to somebody else but again, no matter what stage they're at, if you know their inner nature, where they're coming from, mm -hmm. um, then you can really navigate through all the different stages in life, knowing where, still, I just can't, I'm not quite sure, just where they're coming from in here, what's what's important to, to them. Yeah, I think setting the stage for a safe place for them to come to you without judgment, right? So, because yes. I definitely found that the more, you exert your opinion and let them know how you feel about certain things that will close those communication gates. But if you will open them and say, you know, I even like to use humor and stories and, you know, I use patient stories a lot. And, you know, sometimes there'll be something I think my kid is dealing with and I'll just kind of share a story. And oftentimes that'll be enough for segue that they're like, mom's ah. in this frame of mind, maybe I'll use that. So that's really, um, been very helpful, at least in, in my understanding. Of yeah. Parenting. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good idea. Stories and, and mm -hmm. humor and humor always, especially with boys, definitely humor. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't always oh so good at that. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, if anything to embarrass mom, I'm like, yeah, it's all good. They, <laughs> they, 
they relish the moment that they could come and pick me up and I'm like, put me down, <laughs> you know, so oh, that cute. was fun. But there's, that reminds me what you were mentioning earlier. Have you heard of the poem by Adair Laura? It's called When Children Turn Into Cats. No. I, it's very short. If you don't mind me, let me read it to you. Because I think what you were talking about, how this, the stages and ages, I just, I, I will send this. I actually saved this uh uh, poem. So whenever I have patients that are moms and they're dealing with starting, I will send this poem to them uh-huh. because it'll just, it, it just, this, okay, here it is. Um, when children turn into cats by Adair Laura, it's just, have you ever realized that children are like dogs, loyal and affectionate, but teenagers are like cats. It's so easy to be a dog owner. You feed it, you train it, boss it around, and it still puts its head on your knee and gazes at you as if you were a Rembrandt painting and bounds indoors with enthusiasm when you call it. Then around age 13, your adoring little puppy turns into a cat. When you tell it to come inside, it looks amazed as if wondering who died made you, Emperor. Instead of dogging your every step, it disappears. You won't see it again until it gets hungry. Then it pauses on its sprint through the kitchen long enough to turn its nose up at whatever you're serving. (laughs) When you reach out to ruffle its head, and that old affectionate gesture, it twists away from you and then gives you a blank stare as if trying to remember, has it seen you before? You, not realizing the dog is now a cat, thinks something must be desperately wrong. It seems so antisocial, so distant. It won't go on family outings. Since you're the one who raised it, thought it taught it to fetch and sit on command, you assume that you did something wrong. Flooded with guilt and fear, you redouble your efforts to make your pet behave. Only now you're dealing with a cat. So everything that worked before now produces the opposite of the desired result. You call it, it runs away. Tell it to sit and it jumps on the counter. The more you go toward it, with open arms, the more it moves away. Instead of continuing to act like a dog owner, you should learn to behave like a cat owner. Put a dish in front of food near the door and let it come to you. Sit still and it will come seeking that warm, comforting lap it has not entirely forgotten. Be there to open the door for it and just remember... One day your grown child, grown up child will walk into the kitchen, give you a big kiss and say, you've been on your feet all day. Let me get those dishes for you. Then you realize your cat is now a dog again. That is beautiful. I love that. Oh my God. So right on target. I love that so much. It's just like. uh, It's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? It could all been put in one poem. If only I'd have known this poem when I was like 22 with the first one. (laughs) Yep, it's oh. so true. And it oh. is, it's that time of adolescence when they all of a sudden become strangers to us. <laughs> right, exactly. Or even, you know, they're these, these adorable little, you know, toddlers and then suddenly they're like, exer- like you said, exerting that independence. You're like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to be sitting there and not yeah. toddling around. But also on the same, on the same note, I also um, try to encourage or be re- encouraging the parents that when they're in the midst of it and they're throes of it and seems like it's never going to end you come through you come out the other side which we all do eventually you come out the other mm-hmm. side and it's you sort of forget all about the traumas and dramas and um you realize that you've done a good job after all <laughs> yeah you know and even still it is and at the end you know the the main thing that i always focus on was preservation of the relationship because um coming from a troubled home myself and having been estranged from my own family for several years now because of lots of unfortunate things um it's it's just to be understand that they're they're valued and um that you're there for them regardless of however that turns out what how difficult it may be and so i think just 
sharing that verbally, physically, emotionally is so very important that just that you're there. Yes. Thank you. Because that reminds me of another thing that I think is super important, and that is to make kids. Uh, so I talk about consciously connecting, sitting down, looking at them, being at their level physically and developmentally and talking right. with them and actually not talking certainly not talking at them, but talking right. with them and listening, because it helps if a child knows that they matter and that you care and that you really, mm -hmm. even if you don't care what they're saying, you pretend you care what they're saying and you should care what they're saying, but it's <laughs> to know that they are, that they are valued and that they mm -hmm. have an intrinsic value. Um, mm -hmm. They don't have to go outside for somebody to say, oh, you're, you're just amazing. They feel it inside because they get it from the parent. And like you say, consistently and year after year after year, and even through the horrible years, you let them know that you're there and that they're important and uh, mm -hmm. that they really do matter. That's mm -hmm. a, I, I think that's a biggie. Yeah. And I, I call it, it's like agape love, right? It's, it's, un, un, it's, it's love that you don't deserve at times. None of us are always the best. <laughs> Right. The most acceptable, the most nicest people to be around. I'm a handful. God bless my husband. Um, but you know, so uh, he stuck around all this time. So I'm like, he's just a godsend. But you know, for me, it's like the same thing with the kids. You know, I I apologize when I step out of my boundaries, but they do too, right? And so as long as there's that respectfulness from each other, just as as human beings, I feel like that's will walk you in the right step. But that doesn't mean you hold don't hold them accountable right. and expect them to behave. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel that's beautiful. Um, so when you decided to write the book, what was your framework? Like what was what was that inspiration, that moment? Like, you know, I'm gonna write a book about this. <laughs> it was probably from working with um, and again, I had gotten three years of full-time, well, you've, you're a doctor, but so this is a, as Chinese medical school, three years full-time, boom, yeah. boom. I've just been indoctrinated with the principles, which are beautiful. They're mm -hmm. all about compassion and um, love and we need more balance. Of that in and yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's all, it's all, I think it's all great stuff. Mm -hmm. But so when I was working with one girl was coming, came into me for acupuncture for headaches. She was a 12 13 year old maybe mm -hmm. and her mother her mother um who was a fire type really outgoing had lots of friends was always busy 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 and this daughter who had headaches was a water type which means that she was artistic she was with not withdrawn in a negative way but she liked to be alone or she liked to have one or two good friends and that's all she needed she didn't need a whole lot of friends mm -hmm. and this mother thought that she was depressed and she was trying to get her to go to the school dance and that turned into a fiasco um, and the mother thought that she was depressed and she wanted her to have psychiatric care for depression and i tried to point out to her that no it's just that she is a water type and she's quite happy being alone and if you force her to go out even though you like being out and 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 socializing and you know being the life of the party that is not your daughter and mm. she i think that she finally got it she just couldn't see her daughter that way so that's sort of what prompted um, me wanting to write about the element types and to how to look at your child from an element type perspective in a more holistic mindful compassionate way <laughs> mm. that's that's always it's nice to always hear you know where for example for me I, I eat a, a strictly whole food plant-based diet, so I'm vegan, but it started 10 years ago, kind of on the track of lifestyle medicine as, you know, uh, 
pushing a healthy eating exercise, all the things we should be doing, but struggle to do. Um, And it was a teenager and um, working with her mom and they had such an amazing experience that that changed my direction of my career in the sense of that. But, you know, I, I was always relatively healthy and I had issues, but it was, it was such that evolution that really turned into literally starting a company all about plant-based telehealth and starting and doing another company. It's like, it's just literally the evolution. It's really fun to look back and see where the universe is, is pushing you. I am, I had a friend of mine uh, send me, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Singer, Mickey Singer. He he wrote a book. The name. Yeah. He wrote a book called um, the, uh, the surrender experiment. And then another, Oh, I love that book. (laughs) OMG. Uh, and then the untethered soul. And I haven't read that, but I have heard oh, of that. Same written heavens. by him also. Yep, yep. Uh, and he's got a new one coming out uh, in May. I've been trying to get him on the podcast. He doesn't. So he he doesn't do online interviews anymore. So I'm going to go to Florida later this year, and I'm I'm going to go meet Mr. Singer because I he's nice. really changed. And it, your book reminded me of that. Was um, this component of not reacting but allowing to understand that we are our higher selves like that soul that that consciousness whatever you like to speak of and just stepping back from me and saying like fear the the welling up the emotions you can step back and observe them and watch them come and go and that's that kind of the meditation mindfulness stuff is so radical thinking from how we're we're raised in the united states right to be controlling environment everything go get it done do this plan this that's not how this thing works (laughs) yeah that's exactly you got exactly what i'm trying to say and um oh i was just thinking about something that i wanted to say but so yeah the surrender experiment is great so i'll tell you a story about that's a, a chinese story um and then it actually, my son told me the exact same story happened to him. So this is an age old, old story. There were these three Chinese men up on a bridge watching some really rough waters below him going under the bridge. And there was a man down there tussling around in the water and the chop and the waves and the wind. And it was crazy, crazy. And the three men said, oh my God, we got to go help this guy. He'll never survive. So they went down to the riverbank. And when he got down there, the man was stepping out of the water, nice and calm. And they said, oh, how did, what? we can't believe you haven't died. Is this your ghost? No, no, it's called um, Wu Wei is the Chinese term. And it means going with the flow. He says, no, mm-hmm. I've learned to go with the waves. I go up with the waves and I go down with the waves and I go where the water takes me. And if I don't fight it, then there's no struggle and it all works out. So I had said, told that story and my son, who was doing um, a surfing program on a gap year over in Ireland, got really taken out by a um, under, undertow, I guess is what it's Tide. called. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And he said it was so scary. And he said, but that's exactly what you do. You got to go with it. If you fight it, you're going to exhaust yourself and probably die. Um, so you just so you go with it. And in parenting, really, it's a lot easier if you can just let go and go with it. It's a lot harder to struggle and hang on and resist and fight it all. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to honor the child for as long as they're not, you know, doing something terrible. And reason. Right. right. That's right. right. But, to, but to kind of go with the flow and see how it unfolds, because controlling is, um, it, it's a lot of work. It is. It is. It, it, pick your battles. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when we introduced the, 
the plant-based diet to the family, or I, I should say, I introduced (laughs) the family. Um, and like, I was like, so convinced of the health benefits, um, and have just again and again, been never ending. Um, at home, I was like, listen, I need all the cooking. I do all the shopping. We're eating plants and it's healthy. It'll taste good. You guys can give me feedback. I was like, when you go out, you go do what you want. What was really interesting is over the evolution of about a year, um, you know, you go out instead of ordering chicken, they're ordering tofu. I'm like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. Well done, mom. <laughs> but it just speaks to that experience has been invaluable to, for me to help other parents who are mm. also doing this, like give them their space where you, you know, the bulk of their health, well, you know, food's going to come from home and you're eating healthy foods. But then when you go out, allow them that independence, just like you would any other activities, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that was, that was them. They're all, everyone's plant-based now. So I'm, I'm very tickled. I'm lucky. Our- I bet, yeah. You should, you get a pat on the back for that one. That's great. Yeah, no. And uh, Emily, my daughter's a physician. And so I'm excited to see, you know, who she's going to touch all the lives. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. I, it's just a lot of fun, but, but that is incredible. Yeah. As far as where, so let's say uh, a parent's dealing with their own inner struggles, mm. where, because honestly, I feel it's really hard. <sighs> Parents, I can imagine having little kids during a pandemic. I mean, I just can't even fathom what how difficult that must have been. Where where do they begin, right? So, because I feel like they're going to have to do some of this work here up in this three-pound organ between our ears first mm-hmm. before they can do a better job of parenting themselves. You know, where should they also start with that to help them help their kids? Is there anything there you could offer? Um and nothing terribly practical, but it's obviously really important that they get their head in the right space. I've, I've worked, not worked with, but I've witnessed a lot of parents who don't want to put the work in. They say mm-hmm. they want, I don't know what they're expecting, how they're expecting their kids to turn out, but they don't want to put the work in. They they send it off to the school, the daycare, the babysitter, which is all okay, but they don't take responsibility for themselves. So Mm. I think you have to come into a term. You have to know where you're coming from. For one thing, your own background, how you were raised, and do you want to raise your children that way or not that way or partly that way? Mm -hmm. And um, how do you want, how how do you want to be able to influence your children? You can do whatever you, you can do whatever you want. You can have all the influence, which in a way is power, but all the influence, um, that you want with your kids. And if you choose to accept that, which people shouldn't really have kids unless they want right. to accept that responsibility, and that's a whole nother topic. But oh, if you choose to accept yeah. that responsibility, really think about, get in touch with what is important to you and and find help in, in finding that answer for yourself. What's important mm-hmm. to you? Where are you lacking? Where do you feel uncomfortable or insecure or afraid? Um, and And, I guess maybe help find help in dealing with these emotions so that you don't pass it along to your children. Mm, that's a really good point. We do, you know, tend to not think about um, the things that we dealt with as children affecting our parenting mm. relationship. I made a very conscious decision not to parent the way I was raised. Yeah. And so did a like a 180. Um, and there may be to some benefit and some detriment. I'm sure there was things that my parents did the best they could. And I've accepted that, but um, at the same time, you know, um, clearly crossing boundaries that shouldn't have been crossed. But the really important thing is just knowing that I'm 
I'm flawed and I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. But you said what I really, really hone in on is owning the responsibility. You bring a life into this world. You are gifted this life to take care of and grow and like a garden, right? You got to prune it. Sometimes you got to water, you got to put some sunshine on it. You got to put it to bed, wake up and it really needs to be such the highest priority. It's the toughest job I've ever done. Way tougher than anything I've ever done in my life was yeah. raising those three babies. Well, yeah. and yeah, and, and really just the communication and understanding you're gonna screw up, but it's yeah. okay. They'll yeah. be fine. They're little <laughs> humans. They're quite resilient. Just don't keep trying to make the same mistake. Um, at least in my mind, I, I'm just the first to tell y'all screw you up, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Try and do better. You know? Yeah, no, you got that straight. And you made a conscious when you said that you made, you decided not to raise your kids like you were raised. That's a conscious mm-hmm. decision. So you were aware of what you were thinking and feeling and how you were going to behave. And so mm-hmm. or how you're going to act. But so do you know big. why, you know why that was so important to me? I had two best friends, Meredith and Melanie, who were such an integral part of my life. They came from families. I saw a different dynamic yeah. and you know, Melanie's dad actually helped me write my valedictorian speech in high school and because I couldn't go to my own parents. And so I was I was just so entranced by a different way of being in a family. Yeah. I craved it so deeply and passionately that I was willing to do anything to replicate that in my own life. And so uh, if it meant to me that I did a change, I had to rethink. Now I had to work. There was a lot of mental work and a lot mm-hmm. of tears shed and friends' shoulders and my poor husband, God bless him. <laughs> Evolution. <laughs> but that that is really key. And I feel like that's kind of what we have to do with our own skills. We're not going to be given the parenting book here. Well, here's a good parenting book to get started. <laughs> but in the sense of, you know, your own emotional thinking and the I, there's so many people who are struggling with just how they speak to ourselves. I, it's just, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Sad. It, this, yeah. So where you start is really going backwards and doing a lot yeah. of inner work. And that's, that's not on my scale. <laughs> yeah, no. But what I love though, is that what you're projecting to your children, you give a clear path and understanding of what that should look like. And yeah. I, I really love that whole, um, I'm telling you, it's that, uh, that that consciousness and the inner self, and uh, it's and, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And kids are young; kids get it. If we can teach, yeah. I I would like to write another book for teenagers and try to instill this stuff before they become adults. The yeah. inner the inner self with a capital S. Um, but so we have. Well, I forgot where I was going to go with that, but but yeah. um, it's. It is important stuff and kids, kids get it when they're young, they are, they wear their hearts on their sleeves. It's they're really influential or they're really um, subject, susceptible to to influence. And so it's a, we have, we have the opportunity. We have Mm -hmm. the opportunity to make a difference in future generations, which really is our future and hopefully human evolution. I -hmm. think your daughter with uh, what she's doing with plant-based and as a doctor, she's going to be helping with this evolution as well. No, absolutely. You know, it's really interesting too. When you speak to kids, you just got to speak their own language, honestly. And they're self, they're, they're so focused on themselves and making, they're always worried about themselves, but if you can allow them space to be, just enjoy who they are at home and not, (laughs) but 
you're you're right that um it's really funny. I learned with the bringing the plant-based diet into the home was I had to speak a different language because they could care less about decreased heart attack risk and <laughs> yeah, cholesterol. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, whatever, I'm immortal. I'm a teenager. Yeah, absolutely. But what's important to me, animals, my kids love animals. We've always had dogs and cats and other animals and the climate, right? So mm-hmm. when I was speaking to your choices make an impact, um, and I, they're like, oh, and I would, you know, I was like family fun time, forced family fun time it was either hiking or <laughs> yeah. But today we're going to watch, you know, uh, sea spirits or something. It'd be something like that in that type of realm to yeah. like, Hey, I'm going to expose you to some uncomfortable things, but yeah. we're going to talk about it. And my other thing I did speaking outside of, you know, behavior change is, uh, <laughs> as a physician and a family <laughs> doctor, and as you know, as a pediatric MP, you totally can appreciate the need to have conversation, uncomfortable conversations. So when the kids, whenever I'd get them in the car together, it's like, well, today's topic, here's my derm book. We're going to talk about sexually transmitted diseases. And as a captive audience. <laughs> yes. You're like, oh, look, we have an hour time. Guess what we're talking about. So, <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh, mom. And like, hey, it's, you are not going to learn this from your buddies. You're going to learn this from me. And if Perfect. anything, yeah, it's so it's really funny. And when they were on social media, I was kind of lucked out their ages, I think. I was like, listen, I'm gonna have all your passwords, I'm gonna stalk you. So none of my kids like to be on social media. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> you got you you should be writing a parenting book. <laughs> I just tell you, I was just lucky because my kids are really nice to me. So they they weren't really hard to raise. So I well, feel like I was just really lucked out because God's like, Lori, you had enough in your childhood. I'm gonna bless you with your uh, kids. Nice. Uh, yeah, but no, it's it's really interesting. Just it's just so fun. Honestly, I enjoy teenagers I think they're a blast to talk to yep you don't have to be afraid of them they are they really are well it's easier when they're not your own but uh (laughs) but they are they're they're great to talk to they're they're fascinating people they're so interesting they've got a lot going on up here oh and some of their ideas I'm like wow that's brilliant I love that their creativity their energy you know they you know and what hurts them it just really pulls at you I mean it's just you just honestly, if you can just show the love, I, I, I think it's just so much important. It's just hope and love. Is yeah. Really good. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> well, fantastic. I, I feel like we could go on forever, but you're, you're, we'll have all of your, uh, your show notes, but where can people contact you read about the book? We'll have all that in the show notes, but I'd like for them to hear it from okay. you as well. Yep. <laughs> My website is juliephillipshatch.com. And that encompasses everything, my parent coaching, my acupuncture, which is can only be done in person, but everything else can be done virtually. And, and where to buy the book, which is really just a link to Amazon. So the book is on Amazon. It's online at Barnes and Noble. Um, but everything is at juliephillipshatch.com. And you can make an appointment. I give offer free um, initial consultations to talk about what's going on with you and your child and what you might be able to use some help with. So it's yeah, all there that- on the website. That'd be fantastic. Yes. And the book guys here, um, if you're listening, obviously you can't see it, but it's uh, a parenting revolution for a higher evolution. It, and it really is, uh, it could be the night is for change in your own life. So take a peek at juliephillipshatch.com and that link will be there. And I'm really excited. I, I hope it changes a lot of families and um, kids come out on the other end of it better than they would have been otherwise. So thank you for your time and your work. 
Thank you very much. I really appreciate being here.